This is Talking Sea, your weekly supply of the dark side, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Everybody, my name is Josh Roach, and joining me tonight, Mr. Michael Pappas. Oh, hi, Mr. T Green. Hello there, and Mr. Bill Beck. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's going on, dude? Trying to rush last minute, put all these screenshots together. My daughter got back up from bed. She needed me to go in and sit with her. That'll happen. Yeah, so then I was like trying to do screenshots while sitting on her bed and put all this together. But uh, yeah, other than that, how's your guys' uh, week going, Star Wars-wise? I mean, I watched me some Boba Fett, that's some Star Wars. Other right? than that, not that much other than looking up uh, pictures of uh, of uh, Black Crescenton getting beat up by Chewbacca. Other than that, not much Star Wars for me. Darth Vader would definitely beat him up too. Oh, yeah. I was about to say Darth Pizza for some reason. <laughs> no, that's that's you. You can't beat him up. Oh yeah, you for sure no. can take him. No, no, <laughs> I'm good. I'm. Uh, I watched Boba twice. I thought it was a good episode. I watched it again today as well. Nice. I wrote Josh as soon as uh, I watched it, but I was thinking of you the whole time, Bill. Why? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's only like a five minute flashback. Bill's liking that. Yeah, it was a five minutes flashback, <laughs> and I. I I think we're uh, I think we're to the end of the Sand People arc, <laughs> maybe. <Yes. laughs> I'm pretty sure we are. Well, I, I was thinking the same thing when I saw the travesty of that situation. I was like, "Oh, all right. Well, Bill's got another thirty minutes to enjoy this." <laughs> After that, oh, we got one more joining us, guys. Nice. Yeah, as soon as uh, we get my buddy Chad on here, actually, I mentioned him last week or the week before. Um, he has his own podcast called The Star Wars Lunch Hour. Um, and he breaks down every episode, basically. He tries to keep keep it under 20 minutes so you can enjoy it on your lunch break. Mr. Chad Campbell, can you hear us? Mr. Campbell? Well, what's up, guys? What up? Well, well, you it's, know, sort of a, it's a sequel to the farts from last week. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. All, all, all 10 or 20 listeners will be really thrown off, and that will, uh, you know, we'll move on from there. <laughs> Those 10 or 20 listeners matter. They yeah, they, they matter Absolutely. a lot. This isn't the lunch <laughs> yeah. special, all right? <laughs> yeah. How am I sounding? Is is this thing? Are things okay now? You're audible. Did you see the the breaking Star Wars news? That's perhaps a a, a fake, but the leaked trailer of something. I did not. All right. What is well, this? What is this right, leaked trailer? All right. Apparently, last night at about one a.m. Eastern. Yeah, about 1 a.m. Eastern. Um, a trailer was leaked onto YouTube that hasn't been taken down, which tells me... That makes me think it's a fake. Probably fake. But it's got the community going crazy today because I'm looking at all the reposts on YouTube and all the content creators making their own like their own videos on it. And then even um, makingstarwars.net's Facebook video today, they were talking about the potential reality of this thing and they weren't so sure it was a fake 
Um, it is a Star Wars The Knights of Ren trailer, and it's about... Oh, man. Now, I did read that that uh, comic, that little miniseries. Oh, that was oh, a good comic. Yeah. There's also, if you don't know, um, which, Lord, you probably do. I'm so, <laughs> I, I'm so out of my element here. Uh, but there is a really great Star Wars comic YouTube channel, and they take literally every Star Wars comic and, like, animate them out and put them on Road yeah. nodding his head. Yeah, that's fucking old news. Okay, well, no, it's, it's I, a great no, it's a great channel. It's it's a it's a great channel. Um, what's the, what's the name of it? I subscribe to so many of them, so I, I forget his name. I'm gonna find. I'll find it for you. Give me I, yeah, I I have it. I think it's just it's Star Wars comics story is the one that I know. I know Theory used to do that. Um, theory K subscribers. Theory started off um, with a lot of comic stuff. Yeah, there's um there's Star Wars comics. Which is good, and there is uh, Star Wars Comics Explained. I think is the other one that I know. There could be a few guys who do this, a similar thing. They're long, right, Chad? Like I watched one; it was like two hours. Oh no! So mine aren't the one I know aren't like that. Okay. Well, it honestly looks like it could be for a video game. This is fake. I I I don't know. I, I think it's for a video game. If if anything, I I don't know if it's fake. Like. Because let me let me see it. I have to watch it again. I can't. Here we go. Yeah, that, that shit's fake. Sorry. Listen to the music, especially maybe for a video game. But Star Wars never uses music like that. The even the whole uh, it's so reliant on CG and the way it's filmed makes it so that the CG doesn't have to be good. Someone could have made that and will think it looks really. <laughs> oh good. yeah, it's like the. Yeah, recording it off a television screen. Yeah, I uh, I don't think any sure. part of that is is legit. Well, there's a few things. Like, I, I know I pretty much know a lot of the CG cutscenes from like Fallen Order, the recent video games that are out, and then also like other the other content like mobile games. So somebody CGI the X Wing crashed. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I think it could definitely how, be fan made. I don't know how easy it is to CGI something like that. Like like. Uh, Guys, I can tell you exactly what this is. Well, it looks like the, the the Lich King, right? Yeah. So even like the beginning, I was just thinking. I'm pretty sure I just saw this in Shadows of Mordor, like the okay. lava shot in the game, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure okay. this is game footage from like Shadows of Mordor. Mordor, and they're just they're ripping components from the Lord of the Rings game. Right. That makes sense. And then, I mean, anybody with a little bit of talent and like blender could rip stuff from lord of the rings and lit like the game lift stuff from battlefront and make i mean yeah it's a very sweet trailer yeah that, yeah. that there's certain there's certain shots like this shot you get a shot of the the guy in the 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 knight of ren supposedly jumping from a tie fighter and that shot in flight and onto that an shot X-Men. right there but like like these shots right here but it's cool but i i think it's fake i mean it could be concept i thought video game just it's so cg heavy it's almost too cg heavy for what they're pushing and the music is so like modern pop style 
I, it just it doesn't seem Star Wars ish enough for me. They they tend to like walk that fine line. They don't just fully dive into something like that. That's right. Unless it's, unless it's a video game, but yeah, now, again, video game, game they could definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, but I mean, it said like it's fake because it would say it says Star Wars story on Disney Plus. Yeah, right. that was. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're doing the Star Wars story thing. I even if like. Even if Book of Boba Fett was supposed to be like Boba Star Wars story, yeah. Once you got Han Solo, and then that tanked, like they're dropping that moniker. Yeah, I think that yeah, that that's done. I think the um, theatrical releases in general are going to be really slowed, and they probably won't have a Star Wars story attached to them anymore. No. Maybe they'll go back to what they're originally going to call it, which is uh, Star Wars like anthology. That was what they were branding them with to begin with, and then they went to a Star Wars story. Right. Because they didn't think that the general public was smart enough to know what anthology means. I mean, they're probably not wrong. But I mean, then again, like, it could be, you take something like Star Wars and you put it out there and then everybody's going to know what anthology means. I mean, who used prequel before 1, 2, and 3? And now it's just part of the collective vocabulary. That's very true. All right, guys, let's start breaking down Chapter 3, Book of Boba Fett. First image we have here, guys, uh, we have the Bomar monk that uh, we saw in the first trailer, wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, so. It's called the Bomar I monk. So, yeah. And if anybody's uh, just joining uh, audio right now, it's that, it's that spider you see at the beginning of the uh, episode. Yeah, he's a Bomar monk, and uh, you actually you catch a glimpse of that guy in... Uh, Return of the Jedi, when I think Luke is walking in. And so the lore behind that, Bill, is... uh, Well, Chad, do you want to tell him all the lore behind that? (laughs) Jesus, man, you know I don't know this stuff. Yeah, Chad doesn't know. (laughs) Um, And he's probably about to hate what I'm going to tell you. Uh, So a long time ago, Jabba's Palace was a monastery, and it was run by these monks. And their religious order thought that... Um, to get away from the flesh and the carnal ways, they literally got away from the flesh. So that little bowl you see there has a brain in it. So oh, wow. in order to separate themselves from the flesh, they actually took themselves out of the flesh and put themselves in these droids. I um, mean, at some point, Jabba or a predecessor before Jabba took the monastery over and Jabba moved in and made it his palace. Like I said, it was in the first trailer, I believe. Um, like the first shot that we saw, which I think is kind of crazy because I know Robert Rodriguez said in an interview, I think it was with a Hollywood reporter or some, I can't remember the exact source, but he said that everything we saw in the trailers, we would see in like the first episode. And that definitely hasn't happened because we're almost halfway through the season now. We still haven't seen everything we've seen in the trailers. Yeah, that's bullshit. That guy's a goddamn liar. Yeah, I'm offended on your behalf. <laughs> Nice. Then we got uh, 8D8 here showing the map of Moss Espa. And um, he's kind of breaking down for, for Boba Fett the different sectors of Moss Espa. What I think is interesting is he talks about the upper sprawl. I think that's where we spent all our time in the prequels. Hmm. Okay. So is we've got like, a, is that like the market, like the marketplace area? Yeah, because we never saw this canyon area in the prequels. So what do you, what do you guys think about the scope of Moss Espa now? Well, it's definitely bigger than uh, when I explored it in Star Wars Galaxies in 2003 <laughs> on my pen, on my Pentium 2. 
Um, I like that it's a like a canyon, right? Is that a canyon? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty dope. I mean, we keep learning about all this crazy new, not well, some of it's new, like wildlife on on Tatooine. So it's like I always wonder, like, how do they shelter themselves from fucking sarlax and crate dragons and the new uh centaur dudes and the rest of the crazy shit so i guess it kind of makes sense that it's like in a a nook if you will yeah that way the sandstorm can just blow right over top of them too right for the most part the rich people sure. got the slaves up right. on the on the plateau they can deal with it yeah i like how he broke down um how, what bib did bib split it up with the three families and then like where they like control like you said upper sprawl and then this quarter and then this quadrant or what have you because it kind of added more like depth to, to exactly what's going on in the city yeah yeah because he broke about, it down too. yeah he basically said that bib wasn't strong enough to make people fear him so he just did an uneasy alliance so Right, so that brings up a good question. Like, how many of you guys have watched The Clone Wars? Of course. All right. Of course. So, you know, in The Clone Wars movie, they have to go to Jabba to get permission to use Hut space, right? Mm -hmm. And Jabba, like, presides over all of Mos Espa at that point. But if they're having to go to him to get permission for Hut space, like, what is Jabba's scope and scale in the prequel trilogy compared to what it was at Return of the Jedi? how much of his empire did he lose or how much was just lost quickly after he died do you think well didn't they what? say in this episode that everything just basically fell apart once there's the sail barge accident and Jabba died and all that shit like that yeah yeah he said I, that like bib couldn't hold on to it or whatever so it was split up but i mean it seems like they only split up moss espa well yeah um yeah uh, no, it, it, it could be just a topic at hand, right? So, like, we're talking about Mos Espa because that's, like, the territory that, that Bob was trying to liberate or take over or, or prove his, um, you know, prove his position, right? So, yeah. the conversations with Mos Espa right now, it's not with Hutt's base. It's not with any other territory in the Outer Rim outside of Tatooine. It's not with Mos Eisley um, or any other, like, sector on, on the planet. So, perhaps there's obviously more to learn about exactly what what took place after Jabba's demise but we're just talking about the city for right now right well because that's kind of it seems to be that Moss Espa is pretty close do you remember in galaxies of Moff, Moss Espa was really close Mikey no it was, it was a hike um yeah. I mean I, yeah it, it was pretty pretty decent hike that that was pretty to spec too like back then like Lucasfilm was involved in in all those maps oh yeah um, basically everything I, you saw yeah it, it, i don't know like if it's across the whole dune sea for uh to most Eisley, but it's definitely not close so what was everybody's general feelings on this episode um i thought it was it was my least favorite out of the three and i i really didn't like that boba didn't do any drugs this time mm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I kind of thought we were setting up, like you know, setting up. Yeah, I thought I thought the sand people hooked him on hooked him on on, on nose salamanders. Yeah, man. Once you start snorting something that can run up there itself, talk about an addiction. Got good self control. It can find you wherever you are and just run up your nose. I've done lizard before. <laughs> yeah, so we have our first uh, cameo here in this episode by Stephen Root, aka Hell yeah Milton. Bill Dotrieve. So, what do you guys? Bill Dotrieve. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's I didn't Bill know Dotrieve. that. Yeah. Oh wow. He's in dodgeball. He's oh man. He's in yep. like everything. He's a so, watermonger. 
Yeah, he's a watermonger, and he's basically coming to my take on it is hire Boba Fett as a bounty hunter again. <laughs> what'd you guys what'd you guys make of his character coming in and basically respectfully telling Boba Fett that nobody respects him and uh he shouldn't be yeah he did a good job at that he 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 was good at dancing around uh insulting him himself he's like oh i feel insulted for you or whatever yeah yeah he's like oh yeah not me but everybody else thinks you're you're basically not qualified to be sitting where you're at yeah he had balls to do that yeah especially with uh you know the muscle sitting right there and fennec shan sitting right there who just about tried to kick him out and She's always waiting to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right as he was getting ready to slip up about assassinating a uh, bib. Yeah. Uh, well, the untimely, what's he say? Like the untimely demise of, or whatever, you know, uh, the fate befell bib. Yeah. Uh, is it just me or does it seem like he basically just came there to like underhandedly hire him as a bounty hunter again? Kind of. I think. He's like, yeah, if you go and do this work for me, I'll double my tribute. My, my tribute. tribute. I think he saw the attrition with what's going on and took advantage of it to manipulate the situation to his benefit by ripping off street kids. Yeah, I I agree with Mike. I think he was just I don't think he even like intended it to be like a hitman thing so much as like I would have done this Java would have respected me if I doubled my income. So I'll just try it on this guy that nobody likes and he'll probably say yes so he can be liked. Either way, he's uh he's respectfully not showing him the respect that <laughs> he's asking for so he starts to talk about how uh tatooine had water that's the second time we've been told that tatooine has water or had water like was a fruitful planet yeah it was an ocean planet yeah so that's gonna i I honestly believe that we're gonna find out more about tatooine yeah maybe or or it's just going to be one of those pieces of lore and in a couple of years we'll bring it up and Chad's going to be like why did they have to tell us that Tatooine was once a water planet? <laughs> was one... You, you know I will. It, it, and, and the answer will be because I wanted to know. That's what you'll say. Yeah. yeah. I want to know the history. Alright, All right, that's fair. So I, I thought we got a pretty cool night shot of uh, Mos Espa here and we really see how sprawling it is. Yeah. Oh, it's more like a city. That's a nice shot. Yeah, that's that's nice for television right there. They must have taken that with the iPhone 13. Mm. Good night yeah. shots. Yeah. yeah. Or the Google Pixel 6 Pro. Yeah, so then we get to the mods. What would you guys think about the mods? Oh, God. <clears throat> I didn't mind the mods so much. Um but they reminded me of uh, you know remember Zartan's goons from uh, from GI Joe back in the day. Yeah, they remind me of them. I kept on expecting Zartan to come out. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing it's it's uh, it's a take on the London mod movement of the 1960s. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard. I was calling them the techno Moss Vespa biker gang. I know somebody on a pop culture called them Boba's Rangers. Because they're red, yeah. blue, yellow, and... Well, their bikes... Uh, somebody posted a picture of, of the bikes that the Power Rangers used to ride, and they're, they're pretty reminiscent. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some type of Easter egg planning 
on the creativity part there, right? I mean, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, they also remind me of uh, of uh, Biff Tannen's gang or Griff Tannen from the future of Back to the Future uh, Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't they have mods too? Yeah, I think they, they did. did. Yeah, yeah, like they, they had, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Griff definitely did. Yeah. What's everyone's uh, impression of of this character edition? Drash and Skag are the two. That's that's Drash, the okay. girl, and Skag. The lady. Is are the, their names actually in it, or is this just like Wikipedia stuff? Um, probably in the credits. It's in the credits, I believe. Um, okay. And also the the mods. Uh, so if you guys actually, here's a tip for you: if you turn on like descriptive audio in the subtitles while you're watching, it'll tell you a lot. Yeah, it says names and. Then the stuff you can't hear, like whispers, it tells yeah. you a lot, actually. Yeah. Whispering where you're not supposed to really hear something, but it's in the subtitles. I'll do that. I don't mind them as a whole, but they definitely stick out as a sore thumb on Moss Espa. I'm hoping that that has some sort of, you know, there's some sort of weight to that later on. Like, who just said uh, it must be an Easter egg for something that's later on. So I got thoughts. We all know I do. Well, sorry. Only a few of you actually have had to suffer through this kind of shit with me. So I apologize in advance. No, for... I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Good. Okay. Um, has anyone ever seen Alita Battle Angel? It was a Robert Rodriguez movie. It's on my list, man. Okay. If you've seen yeah. like giant piles of shit, you've probably seen a version of that movie. But um, let me just say that movie was, <laughs> was not a success, right? But Robert Rodriguez has talked in almost every single interview he's done about how much he loved making and how much he wants to make more of it. These characters with the half robot body type shit, that, that's literally a copy and paste from Alita Battle Angel. That's the core cast of Alita Battle Angel. The way they're like these teenage renegades on the outside with these souped up Crosley radio looking bullshit bikes. That is, that is Alita Battle Angel. I mean, it's, it's an exact copy and paste. If you watch they seem that movie, like poor people. How are they getting a hold of these goddamn bikes? Yes, that's also an issue. They're they're not poor people. They're just fucking stupid at budgeting. All right, they're like I guess yeah, millennials. I, I, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> they're just like they're just like whiny ass hipsters. It it drives me not whatever. I'll tolerate it. Hopefully, more comes with it, and I can end up enjoying them. I won't write write off them entirely. I do this all the time. I have knee jerk reactions to things. This is my knee jerk reaction. I didn't think they added much of anything. They just seem like kids that are really spoiled that they have to spend money on food and water and when they should be buying souped up bikes and replacing body parts with robot things. I, I don't know. I don't know. They just, they, they annoyed me and it reminded me of that movie, Alita Battle Angel. If you watch it and then watch this, you can even look online. People are talking about it. It's almost an exact copy and paste. And I think that annoyed me even more because I mean it's Robert Rodriguez just doing what he wants to do and not necessarily what's best for the overall story or creative union. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Could redeem itself in the future. Yeah, I mean it's not great. <laughs> that needed goons, and he, now he has goons uh, anyway. Aside from just the the four people he had working for him. Yeah, but now he, he at least has a few more. Yeah, he has like six more, and at the end he's like, "We're gonna go to war." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you guys will really kick their ass." Yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah, exactly. You know what it feels like to me? It feels like in the writers were in this with the story group or whatever, sitting with Favreau, and Favreau's like, "All right, well, we've gotta, we've gotta up his crew. Like, the palace is empty, so, like, who's gonna, who's gonna write that in, right?" And then someone raises their hand, 
like some like third tier guy next to Pablo is like, I got this great idea and we can Easter egg American graffiti in there and maybe some outsiders in Greece, but then we can relate to Gen Z with like Alita Battle Angel and anime and also use mods from like yep. everything anime and bad sci-fi and somehow put it together. Yeah, even they like, me the, yeah. They remind well, me of the neutrinos from Ninja Turtles. Okay. I mean, yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. Dude, this this type of trope thing has been around for a long time. I mean, you go back to to Blade Runner and um you, you know, it's been around for very very long. It, it's just the, the way it's put together. I think Chad's saying is very elite battle angel and that I, I I haven't seen the film, but I mean, I'm a, I know Japanese influence in anime culture very very well, especially cyberpunk. So I totally get it, Chad. Like I, I, I understand, and I didn't think that was going to be a good movie. The reviews were terrible. Um, I'll stop just saying that they were definitely my least favorite part of the episode for sure. Yeah, I, even this girl looks like an off-brand Jin Urso. Like already, <laughs> I just she I does look know. like Jin Urso. Yeah, yeah. If she's doing the princess, the Carrie Fisher thing, where she's kind of speaking with like a British accent, but I'm pretty sure she's from Chicago. Oof. <laughs> What's that hair? Is that a wig? That's got to be a wig. Uh, you would hope so. Um, but yeah, I think be a Joan Jet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like what they're trying to. But uh, I don't know about you guys, but I know um, a handful of younger people that like they have a really nice car, they have the, a brand new iPhone, but they can't keep an apartment. They can't like support themselves. They never have money to go out and you know buy stuff that they need. But they have a really nice car and they have a really nice phone. Can't afford water. Right. It's like everybody in Queens, New York. Yeah. So this is, I don't know if that's just, if this is just like a take on that social aspect of our day. Um, uh, we're just getting too old. Yeah. But we can't be, we can't act like those kids are in the right though and should be no. promoted for faulty decision making. Right. But I mean, okay. So, essentially if you went to if you went to the store and if you're on a desert planet and you needed water as badly as what people need water there and it sounds like the watermonger guy bill dotrieve is hiking the prices up like <laughs> four or five times the amount of what yep. it should be and you're the yeah, yeah it's, just, it's like a month's wages for uh for a week's a water, week's or something. water. Yep. that's what yeah so I mean, and if and if you're these guys, like my my thought is they have to be from off world. Maybe they have rich parents off world or something. Maybe they came here just for the mods. Um, that's my that's my theory because this is not the first time we're seeing mods, right? It's uh, actually in the comics. Um, Kristanson, Santi, Kristanton, he has he's modded. He yeah. has. He has like um, metal claws and stuff, and he's got like the electro shockers and stuff. He's modded. Let's not forget who else is modded that's standing right there. Uh, Fennec Shan has got a techno tummy. That's true. Yeah, but dude, these are intergalactic assassinated assassin bounty hunters. That, <clears throat> like, these are like people who kill people. You can't compare like their mods to, you know, a bunch of wine <clears throat> kids. Well, yeah. it's it's like the kids want to be cool like that, right? So, right. and it's not like Fennec didn't really seek seek out her mods; she got it out of necessity, or so we think, right? Um, and but uh, and I think Kersantin 
actually was like tortured and forced to do that when he was in the gladiator arena um, which they make reference to in this episode again um but it got me thinking like maybe they were here for the mods because could it be like somebody modded um fennec shan while she was there on the planet boba had to take her somewhere right could it be dr evazan or dr mandible <laughs> could be either or they're both yeah. tatooine weren't they yeah could be yeah yeah i mean would would we scoff at a uh doctor another dr evazan uh cameo if he's showing why he's the doctor i'd like to see that yeah me too I think that'd be better than the 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 cameo in Rogue One. Not is it Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, it's Rogue yeah, One. Yeah. It's kind of forced. That's why I'm wondering if like if they've kind of blown it with cameo a cameo with him. No, I I don't think so because like you you have to look at how they they pick certain characters and and give the Easter eggs and cameos and stuff. It's like they need to fill a role, right? So like if they need to fill that role of some type of Doctor character for that they're like all right so who do we got right and he'll be in that rolodex of options uh regardless it's not like they killed him off in row in row well no we've seen him after row one it's not like they killed him off in the new hope right i'm talking about uh Edzabon. no so yeah. like he can still yeah so he's probably still in the he's still on the roster right they could pull him out he's in the bullpen we got to see panda baba with a robotic arm like she's got oh yeah that would be pretty sweet because we know that he is, uh, I think, you know, he says he's got the death sentence on, what, 12 systems, right? 12, yeah. And I actually, I think that in Rogue One, another, like, kind of behind-the-scenes reason that they added him. Do you remember the decraniated, I think they were calling him? Um, it was, like, Dryden Voss's assistant who was missing, like, the top of their skull, like, the top of their head. Hmm. I actually don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's like the they're like feeding him hors d'oeuvres or something at some point. Um so it yeah, it's just it was kind of like the next step up from Lobot, right? They just like took off the top of their like so they still had a mouth and part of a nose, but it was just sheared off from there. Um and I think that they said that Dr. Evazan was supposed to be responsible for that. That was like one of the crimes that he was he was wanted for. So Maybe that's why they got to come here to get modded because it's frowned upon. Or he sounds like a, a barred plastic surgeon. <laughs> right. Or hear me out. It's just a bunch of bullshit that was written to get the kids into it. So just hear me out. I would agree with you if it was a, a Star Wars movie. And like if Robert Rodriguez had just made a Star Wars movie. But the thing of this is he didn't write this. John Favreau has the sole writing credit for each of these episodes so far. And like, yeah, I know that he didn't just sit down and write it himself. There's a writer's room and there's people, but, and I mean, Dave Filoni is involved in this. So, and in everything else that Filoni has been involved in and that Favreau is involved in making, they don't just throw stuff out, you know, and it's just garbage most of the time. Most of the stuff that people think are filler ends up coming in at the end somehow. Here, here, here's the thing though. Like the, these are still tier two characters in this episode that are coming in to fill a role of muscle because we need muscle to be filled. And it's 2022 now. It's not 2019. Favreau and Filoni both have way more projects on their plate right now than they've ever had before. That writer's room's getting bigger and bigger. If some 
writer is tasked with filling a story gap for character archetypes to play the muscle. And there's tropes they want to throw in, whether it's a nod to the director, in this case, who it may be that we're talking about, and also throw in nods to previous work relating to Lucasfilm and George Lucas, like American Graffiti. Um, I could see some writer going off on some fucking tangent and them just throwing it in. But like, I hear your points, Josh, but like Chad has good points too. And I kind of, I kind of got to go with Chad a little bit on this because like, as much as I want every single character to have connection, some like, cause how you know this about me, because we, we go on five hour text message theory rants, like (laughs) about the connective tissue of star Wars and the consistency throughout it all. But at some point in these TV shows, there's going to be stuff perhaps like this that, that we're referring to that just is not going to have that connective tissue. And it's just going to be like, we, it was a placeholder that got filled by characters like this. Yeah. I'm thinking probably what happened is originally it was supposed to be like just some other biker gang. Rodriguez probably got a hold of it and was like, Hey, I got an idea how we can make this different. Right. And Rodriguez is a guy who doesn't give up a lot of control on, on all of his movies that he himself has made. He has been the writer, producer, director, editor, and music by on everything he's done. So he's not a guy that like, he, you can say someone else wrote it and someone else might have the final say, but he's going to be probably vehemently putting in like what he thinks it needs to look like and needs to have in it and stuff like that. Yeah, and everybody yeah, like, was making a big deal out of him before it came out. And he was kind of actually going out and tooting his own horn about this whole series too. He was saying it was all killer, no filler. I, and you know what? I'll, I'll say this. By the end, maybe I'll look back and be like, yeah, that wasn't filler, right? We've done that with Star Wars shows. There's a ton of shows that I thought like, I, even the first like two seasons of Rebels, it was cool, but I was like, I'm still kind of still waiting for something to happen here. Eventually everything wasn't really filler, right? There's no real Clone Wars, we can argue, has a lot of filler episodes, half filler. Not so much with Rebels. Mandalorian's kind of become the first season has some filler, but the second season I don't think had much filler at all. Um, so maybe it'll go that way. I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll get to that point, but so far, um, I can also see it just ending with being an all right show that had, you know, quite a bit of filler in, in general, the show so far, if what we're going to get out of it is learning about the, the crime syndicates and how they run on a certain planet is filler in and of itself. So, you know, it could prove me wrong again. But so far, I just feel like, you know, no one ever would need to watch this show to have the true experience of Star Wars. We'll see. That's why I'm hoping that they have a connection and that maybe uh, they killed off like the sand people. Hey, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> Everything uh, Boba touches dies. That's just the overall story, moral story here. He's King Midas. He's sitting on a <laughs> yeah. throne now. But, uh, yeah. you so- know, and I got to say, sorry uh, um, about this you know he didn't know the whole history here of how the families were running things i did think boba was kind of like what did he expect he just came in randomly after like five years and then killed everyone and kicked him out and said i'm the king now and i don't know what he expected but i mean politics and gang relations are politics and gang relations like that that happened that caught up with him in a lot of ways he's the dumb one here for just going in and doing a gutsy power move based on ill will he holds towards someone else i mean so, you know he could have done this so much better and kept these relationships intact you want to hear my crazy theory that i would generally text to mikey 
in a five-hour rant. Here's my here's my theory on that. So the flashbacks have to tie in to the main story somewhere, right? We're seeing a drastically different Boba in the flashbacks. A lot of people are saying they don't like the flashbacks so much. Bill, you included, you know, you were like, you're not huge on the flashbacks. I did not mind the flashbacks. I was just ready for us to move on to new flashbacks of some sort. Okay. Rather yeah. than just uh, focus on the sand people for that many episodes. Yeah. He was right. just over the Tuscans. Okay, okay. I well, liked seeing the Tuscans in the first episode. I just didn't think every episode should be about them. He seems to be much more Boba Fett back. He should be more medically messed up back in the flashbacks than he is now. If it's the Sarlacc pit is what messed him up. But he's he's crispy, walking around the desert fine as a Tuscan Raider. Just destroying the, uh, the Kintin uh, speeder bike Nikto gang or whatever they're called and taking out pikes left and right on the train and then you see him in the present and he seems very diminished you know we see him later uh this episode first the first thing we see in the flashback is him looking really proud up on a bantha looks awesome up there yeah so then he goes and he he goes into moss Isley, and we get a little uh we we get like an establishing shot we see those stormtrooper helmets that we see in mandalorian and we see uh peli Ma- yeah. right there Yep. Yeah, Pelimoda, <laughs> right? I think is her name. Um, yep. uh, from the Mandalorian with her little pit droids, and then oh, wow. he, and then he goes and talks to the the Pike leader, and the Pike says basically like, "Oh, we're not going to pay two groups for protection. We've already got one group that's uh, paying for it." And I'm trying to look up at the Kintan Striders, the Nikto Speeder Gang, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that he goes and talks to the Pikes. And then directly after that, he goes back and the Tuscan village is just demolished. The first thing, like, I thought, but my wife literally, like, yelled it out. She's like, those people killed him and tried to blame it on that biker group so that he would kill them. No, that was the bikers. That's the pikes, man. Because the bikers, they they stole their speeders back. Yeah, the speeders are gone, right? Mikey, I agree with you and Bill both. The pikes aren't going to be happy that they just came and showed up all the pikes and killed all those pikes, yeah. you know, and robbed their train, essentially. How are you, you're not automatically, if you're not forced to, just going to bend the knee to this guy, to the to to these savages, like, out in the desert, right, is what their take on him is. The pikes, like, they're like, okay, they're muscle. He's not there, so let's, we'll call the, uh, the riders, we'll call the, the Nictos and tell them, like, hey, now's the time. They're going to get there a heck of a lot faster on speeder bikes than they are on a Bantha, so they go and kill them. So but, speaking of the speeder bikes, I'm pretty sure all of them were destroyed in that train heist. Were they all destroyed? I'm pretty sure they were. You might be right. Like, all of them were kind of... I guess I'd have to go back and watch, but yeah, you, you might... I mean, there may have been, like, one left, but most of them do get destroyed in that. Yeah. I will say, I think I think the zoom out of his face and then to the burning, that was one of my favorite Star Wars moments cinematically. I just thought it was really beautiful, really well done. Um, it took something that, you know, we've seen copied and pasted so many times in Star Wars and did it from a slightly different angle. And that kind of made up for the redundancy of, once again, someone's people on the desert has been burned and destroyed. Remember George Lucas, it rhymes, but nowadays we just say it copies and pastes, but it's the same basic thing. But yeah, uh, (laughs) so my third watch through was with my wife. 
and uh, it was like an hour before we podcasted. And she's like, not all of them are dead. I'm like, no, all of them are dead. Like, <laughs> So that was something I was hearing thrown around, right? Like, so we see the chief. Yeah. He dead. He dead. Um, we, and then when he, when we see the, uh, like we see there, the, the, the Nick toes marking there, their graffiti. Yeah. But when he has the funeral pyre, we see the chief, the chief's uh, gaffy stick and for sure. And then we see the kids. The gaffy kids. stick. Yeah. For sure. But we don't see the warriors. So I think this is hers right here. Yeah. I think that the first one that he throws in is the warriors. So if you look at the end of it and just how it's shaped and they're all a little bit different. Yeah. And then we go back to man, Roach, if there's ever a, an opening for a like Star Wars professor, you should a hundred percent apply for it. Because I mean, holy he shit, is, dude, he like... is pretty good. He, he, he does, and like I, I thought I, I was attention to detail when it comes to the shit. But Josh, he's got like he's on a whole other level. Well, Damn. I mean, you, you, okay. So you see this? Does that not look like the same blade? And no, yeah, it looks yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay, because I heard a lot of people saying, right. I heard a lot of people saying, like, yeah, you never see her. You never see her body. You never see her body. And you don't. I I mean, I look. Yeah. You don't see her body, but they make a point of showing him put these three in, right? He puts yeah. in, he puts that one in first, which arguably he probably had the closest relationship with her. He had a relationship with the uh with the chief after a while and he obviously had a relationship with the kid and we yep. see all three of those put in so i think i think they all dead so my theory is guys to tie this in i think he finds out that not only were the pikes involved in paying off these dicto riders i think bib was involved with them and uh, i think it might come out that bib might have had more of a hand in um ordering their death or something like that so that would explain why he's like all about he's not about killing people right he's not Mm -hmm. about killing people in the present time he wants to rule the respect he finds that out and that i think we're going to see him go ape in the next episode and go and kill a bunch of nictos um yeah he's he's going there now because the pikes were like it's either we pay you or we pay the nictos right Mm -hmm. is that like so so maybe nictos will be like we don't know what the fuck you're talking about like you gotta go talk to Bib. Like he's right. the one who did it. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think like that could be because we've still got like what at least four years or something that he's gonna be wandering around the desert before he goes and gets his armor back and goes and shoots Bib. Unless he just. But I don't see him waiting. I don't think he would be like, well, I gotta wait to get my armor back before I go and shoot Bib. I mean, we just, don't know how long he was with the rate the Tuscans for though, right? Like he, it could have been two years, maybe three. Right. The only the only reason I say that is because I'm thinking that it must be relatively close to the end of like to Return of the Jedi still that they're just now putting up like the stormtrooper helmets on spikes. Yeah. So the- or are they just now? I mean, we saw them there. They could have been there for a while. Well, well, well. How about this? Right. Check this out. Battle of Jakku was what two years after Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. So putting putting the uh, actually I think it's six years. Six years after return. it hasn't happened yet in Mandalorian. So it hasn't it hasn't happened yet. So so remnants of the Empire would still be right. Okay, because it's still pre Mandalorian. Okay. 
but we so, see a big celebration at Moss Eisley at least, right? Like right after the emperor is killed. Um, right. And then they're right. just sticking those helmets up on pikes, and they're there still five years later, right? But are they are they just sticking all of them, or are they just adding to it? To what's already I, I mean, it's hard to like. It right. Could be either, right. It could be just adding to it, but I mean, you're still seeing rubble. Um, there's a building and there's rubble here. So I take it to be like, this might be like where their outpost was. We don't know what the timeline is. It hasn't been confirmed for us and they really don't like giving timelines or setting timelines, but no, uh, they put themselves in a plot hole corner. They, right. They do that, you know, so they keep it open for the writer's room to play, have more room with, which I'm fine with, you know, because then we can kind of get some of the things that we want. But that's, that's, that's my working theory is that somehow Bib um, is going to be involved or maybe the Pikes, like he goes to them and they're like, no, yeah, it was the Pikes. And then the Pikes try to tell him, oh, it was Bib Fortuna, you know, and the blame kind of gets shifted around, but it was the Pikes and he goes and kills Bib because of this. Um, that's the only thing I can think of because Boba has changed, <clears throat> right? And I think what's changed him is for the first time he was defeated and beaten and he was taken captive. And it's, it's one of the first times, I think, even in canon now that we've, especially in Legends, for the most part, he was at the mercy of another people. And those people ended up befriending him, taking him in, and he was like treated like family. And I think that's- Which changes perspective on everything, which I think is why he ends up going in the direction he is. He wants to change life for people on Tatooine. Yep. Yeah, I think because he saw he saw how badly the the sand people were uh, taken advantage of. Yeah, I think they're trying to lay out that he has some emotional daddy issues. With every episode, we just see them flying away. We're gonna see that same thing, you know, probably every episode. Um, and so they're probably trying to make it like he was a hard, cynical man until he learned to love, and that's kind of the angle they're gonna push. And they kind of have been right now. Yeah. I kind of think of him as a Mike Ehrman trout. Um, you guys watch Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. yes. So um, <laughs> you think I think of him as I know T hasn't. So Mike is, you know, he's got a granddaughter. He's pretty caring and stuff. He could be a nice guy and he doesn't want to go in and kill everybody all the time. Right. And he's kind of the voice of reason to a lot of people. Um, but when something needs to be done, like he's your guy like he'll go in and get it done and clean stuff up so he kind of reminds me of that like he's got loyalties uh he's he's good at navigating but he doesn't do things everybody else's way and he's not just about killing everybody um he he respects people and he sees their worth and i think that's what we're seeing with boba fett even with these you know street rat kids um with these these uh these the mods uh, he's he's trying to show like give them and that's how he's building his crew right all right so getting to i think the best part of the episode yeah how would you like to wake up to looking at <laughs> a very angry wookie ripping you out of your back to pod so i like this part my question is just it seemed like logic gaps for me of how he got in at all yeah how did he get into the place he got okay, in it's, it's, and then boba doesn't have any goons yeah and then Bo boba's in his boxers but yeah. everyone else is mere seconds away in their regular clothes to, to fight with and all that stuff in the middle of the night 
with weapons ready, but they didn't hear him coming in. The, so, the door is still closed. He is an assassin. Yeah. yeah and, okay, um... but that's such a BS excuse for that stuff. Well, he's an assassin, so he could break into Jabba's palace. I maybe, I, yeah. but I doubt it. You literally have, I'll say, three guards, three guards, the yes. two Gamorians and Finnick. And technically, I only count Finnick. <laughs> He's the only one that would and really be kids. truly. Yeah, but were they there yet? And then one of them's one of them's got to have techno hearing or something, right? A really no good hearing aids. No one's on guard though. Like, does Boba just blindly trust things? Is he stupid? Think... Like, this is a come on. Okay, so uh, what do you, what do you think, Mikey? What do you think about him? He's fucking up? he black chrysanthemum. I mean, there's a history to this guy in the comic books. It's not like they came up with like, yo, let's get a dope black Wookiee bounty hunter to come in and fuck shit up. Like in the comic books, this guy is like very well skilled, right? And in some yep. of the books, to scale that wall doesn't look that hard with the technology that we have in this universe. And he's so got metal I, claws. I, I figure he scaled. I figure he scaled the fucking wall and hopped through the window. I've seen it in Star Wars a hundred times, you know. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. See, I don't know Chris I mean, Santa that well. Yeah, he's got a big history, yeah. dude. He's got a big history. Um, all right, uh, I, I've got an answer for you, right? I've got an answer for you because, of course, I, I do. I knew you would. Your There's a couple of different ways I think that uh, we could we could do that, and one of them is, um, a he's a Wookiee, and we've seen like in Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, they usually they they literally use a Wookiee to pry off that boot that is holding the Millennium Falcon there. Yeah, that's that. Yep, for sure. So we know how like Wookiees are able to pry open like that something that is made to stay clamped on a starship and keep a starship there. Okay. Um, so he could have possibly just like forced his way into one of the shut doors. He could probably just pick it up and go in. That's one. Another theory of mine is who is he but hired? There's no one guarding that door. There's no, a yeah, how, many in in how many people They're are in the palace? How many people are in the palace? They're all in their with their readies. Four, their five, ready. six, seven. Maybe there's seven people in the palace and two droids that we've seen. Nine. The droids should, probably, the droid should know. There's probably a lot of entrances to this palace. My other thing is, he was holding that. He was holding that spot, whether he knew it or not. He was holding that spot for Rada. Bib was a regent. Rada the Hut, uh, stinky, right? Um, Jabba's son and so Jabba's cousins are going to know probably in Rada they're going to know a secret way into Jabba's palace more than likely that most people aren't going to be aware of and they can just tell Kirstan that they can just be like dude if you go here you know you can go through this little you can come in through the dungeon you can come in through the back door and you can sneak right up maybe it even goes right to his private quarters it could be a, a hidden escape route okay so I will respect that last opinion because that's believable. My thing is, it just struck me like a little bit like an episode nine moment where I'm mostly Somehow, supposed to, or I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly supposed to react and then rely on other things to fill in the gaps. Gotcha. So basically, every episode so far, with him being in the back of the tank, he has been. Prematurely taken out. 
So yeah, we keep I was, ruining his dreams. So I was waiting to, like, I figured maybe, like, the kids or something were going to, like, attack him, maybe. Like, I figured something. I was not expecting. <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting that. But, yeah, because every time he gets pulled out, right, you hear it in one of the episodes. It says, healing, pause. Healing, yeah. pause. So, I'm waiting for it to say, healing, completed. And then he's just, like, beast mode. Yeah, <laughs> it could so, happen. But I yeah, think so. I think guys listening, I'll tell you, you're gonna have a problem that you can't see what's on the screen here. But this is a, a fucking hot S and M shot. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> this As, should have been the face of the week. <laughs> yeah. So we got yeah. It's just the reaction shot of uh, Boba Fett waking up to having. You know, it's he's already a, got one of those things in his mouth to stop him from screaming. You know, those little uh, that S and M shit. Yeah, he woke up and he's like, "Oh, when did I get to the furry convention?" No, no, he, he woke up. He's like, "Oh, I'm at the Twilight Healing Baths. It's rougher than I imagined." <laughs> this isn't the Polynesian Spa. Yeah, yeah, he uh, definitely not a uh, pleasant way to wake up. I I really liked this battle though. This was the highlight yeah. of the episode. Like. We this see is... a Wookiee here doing what we've always been promised a Wookiee can do, right? I loved his knuckle guard things that he had with uh, with the electric and everything. I thought right. he was badass. I, I want to see a lot more of him. Well, if you go back and you start reading the comics uh, in 2015, like there's a lot of black. He's in the Darth Vader series, right? That's when he first appears. I think yeah. he appears either in the Darth Vader series. The... The Bounty Hunter series too, right? Yeah, he's in the Bounty Hunter series. Okay, he's in the Afra series. Um, he's in the main Star Wars because uh, he hires okay. Darth Vader. Hires. When, is it, when does he come into the main Star Wars? It's when they have like the crossover. I think I want to say it's like uh, fifteen or something like that. I'm not okay. sure, but I f- see. I feel like I only did it for a year and then I stopped. Yeah, they they, they came out with so many. Yeah. that I eventually gave up entirely, and that was my fault. But I was trying to keep up with all of them. You know what I did, Chad? I waited. I wait now. I wait for the trade paperbacks to come out, which is like six months after, like... So right. I'm, always, I'm always behind, but at least I can go on Amazon and spend the 30 bucks and get, like, five to six issues in one shot. Yeah, I need to try and do that. There's a library app. Sorry, guys, for everyone listening. We're going on a little <laughs> tangent, but also an endorsement. There's a library app called Hoopla. Yeah. Um, and they had quite a few of the comics on there. So I'm going to try and use that to get back in. So anyway, is this guy's name, it's like Chris Santa. Yeah. Is, is it? Santin. Yeah. Santin? It's, um, boy. Cursantin. Cursantin. Yeah. Curse, it's not Chris Santa, because that's what I wrote it as. Cursantin. <laughs> it's like K-R-R-S. Yeah. There's... Okay. I mean, you can spell it for me. I'm never going to fucking read that, but I, I will uh, Cursantin. And it's, hold up. People are saying Black Cursantin. Yeah, is that's that, his name. So is that there, was a, isn't name there the like a, a white Cursantin? <laughs> yeah, so they pretty much just dropped there the are black. A reason? Okay, because I, I just thought, well, yes, he is. This seems <laughs> dumb. Is there a reason for this? Yeah, no, that's just what they called him in the comics. Okay. Um, it was like their Black Panther type thing, you know? 
Yeah. Right. So we're waiting for uh, the ginger chrysanthemum. Chrysan- yeah, out. I saw that today. <laughs> yeah, he looks like uh, his his upper eyebrow eye pop. His stare down looks like uh, Tormund Giant's brain from uh, Game of Thrones. What's his name? What's the actor's name? The ginger guy. Uh, Tormund. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Thrones. Yeah, that's uh, I I put up a uh, comparison that they do look alike, but Josh found out that it's uh, the guy who played um, the Predator in the the recent Alien vs Predator Requiem movie. Oh, geez. Well, he's he's doing much better now, and he's also a makeup artist. That's like his main job. Oh, that's cool. Christopher. Um. Yeah, no, it was. I thought it was a sweet. I thought it was uh, back to the Kersantan. I thought it was a sweet battle. Um, he he, uh, he tried to use that uh, whistling birds or. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if that's his whistle. It could be, Mikey. Does that look like that to you? Does that look like it could be the? Uh, he could have those little uh, little little missiles. Or is that just his? No, it's too big. It's too big. Those little um, rivets on the end are part of one piece. They're not separate missiles like the whispering. Yeah, that's like one big rock. That's that one big rocket he fires from his wrist. Yeah, that's the one like what he took out the one, uh, the one assassin with that was crawling yeah. off the wall. Yeah. Then you got uh, the 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 electro knuckler. I, I like this shot right here. That was a lucky screen grab right here. Boba just getting... Yeah. So, my one other gripe about this is Boba... It sounded to me like he got his back broken almost. And then he went, like, limp. Yeah, there was some back cracking and maybe it was just some uh, some uh, the spa day we were just talking about. He got his ass whipped. He got his ass kicked. I I, I don't know. Like he got he, some rabies right here. Um he kinda I, I think he does more like when I was going through this episode and I was taking screen grabs of it, I was like, he actually gave quite a bit, right? Because all right, so he picks him up, throws him down, then he tackles him, he gets thrown across the room into all his gear. He tries to go for his gauntlet. Uh, his wrist rocket gets blasted in the face. Yeah. Um, and then instead of going for the old, he goes for the new. He grabs his gaffy stick and he gets him. Let's see. Once in the gut. Once in the back. And then again in the back. <laughs> and then he gets backhanded yeah. across the room again. So he's hit him, what, four times now? Yeah. yeah, we've seen. Yeah, but we've seen Wookies get hit, man. You know, lots of times. And then I like that he's like getting held here, and somebody was like, "What's he doing? He's just like smacking him." What? <laughs> What's he thinking? Well, I he's think he's doing? trying to get his. He's trying to get his equilibrium off. You know, when someone does this to you really, really hard on the side of your head, and it, it kind of it can throw off your equilibrium because your temples yeah. are here. Yeah. So I think that's what they were trying to go for with the writing. It's like have him trying to make him dizzy. So if he does that, he could like throw him off balance. Well, he's like palm striking him, right? And I don't know yeah, how many yeah. of you guys are uh, familiar with like old school MMA. Yeah, Boss they Rutan. do that, right? 
So Boss Rutan um, is an old school MMA guy, and he used he's always taught like palm strike people because you don't really clench your fist fully until like the end of your punch, and if they connect with you beforehand, you can mess your hand up. Um, and he's always like palm, and he says palm strike people right behind the ear. So he said just take and like hit yourself like right behind the ear with your palm, and it like rattles your brain. So it's exactly what you're talking about, Mikey. He's trying to get his equilibrium off. Um, so I just, that's exactly what I thought of as soon as I saw this. And then somebody was complaining about it later. I was like, man, I thought it was cool. He was like doing some legit stuff there. And then he gets, and then he gets bit, which is crazy for a Wookiee. I don't know if, how many of you guys played, um, probably all, hopefully all of you, uh, KOTOR, the original. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we learn about uh, Wookiees who use their claws and teeth. They call them Mad Claws. And uh, so Zalbar, the Wookiee from the main Wookiee from uh, Kotor, you know, says like our our claws are tools, not weapons. To use them in battle is to become an animal. It is madness without honor. And like Mad Claws were kicked out of the tribe and they were like shunned from the planet and Wookiee culture essentially. And so a lot of people are speculating now that he's a mad claw, that Kristanton is a mad claw. He can never go back to Kashyyyk. He's been kicked out of Wookiee culture. And it makes sense because he's like all modded up and basically, uh, you know, trying to go be a gladiator and all but volunteering for that. Uh, and our Boba feet of the week. Yeah, we got the our shot. I posted on uh, the Talking Sith page and the Pop Culture Hour today. The Boba Boba feet of the week. Dude, just... look how small his feet are next to the Wookiee. <laughs> fucking Wookiee's got like size twenties. <laughs> just literally, like watching this, the first thing that popped, like why why show their feet for one, and what the hell is up with his feet? I well, think they were just da- that's a David and Goliath moment right in the shot, you know. It's all part of that S and M thing I was talking about, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, his toe. Look at his one toe, yeah, man. Look at his toe. That it just. It, I think it's weird. I think it's it's to show like he's getting like the life choked out of him right now, right? Mm. He's being crushed. Yeah. And maybe he was having a little bit of like arthritis flare up or something, and they're like. <laughs> Tem, go with it. Go with it, Tem. Okay, so then it's it's the mods to the rescue. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of these these four uh, uh, Moss Vespa techno techno riders coming in here and uh, getting the best of your sand? So uh, well, they nope. definitely don't fight as good as they talk. So for me, um, the downside of the scene, and this is half my fault for watching it during the day, but when it goes on to UHD 4K, it's a very dark fight scene, almost to the point where, like, I can see it better on here, but just watching it during the day when they come in, I, I almost couldn't tell, like, who was doing anything. Um, and I haven't rewatched the episode. I just watched it the one time. Um, so I might need to rewatch it, but I was actually a little disappointed at like that, that I didn't see more of the action. 
It was just so dark for me. I mean, Boba Fett by himself got in more licks than I think these guys did as a group. Yeah. She got, she stabbed him, what, twice? And I don't think anyone else got any licks on him. No, yeah. one guy had like the vibro whip, the vibro whip. On oh, the, yeah, he did. On his he got arm, it. But like, he was like shrugging them off like they were nothing, honestly. Yeah. I, 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 I hear he was, but once they get to the, 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 um, the Rancor pit door room, the main palace room, then he kind of backs up, you know? Yeah. Well, let's I see. I just want to say Vibro Whip is also an SM thing. So nice. it's it's all lining up in this episode. So, but yeah, no, uh, the, this scene and the next, like, I love this whole, this whole little, like, scene. It's like just all together. But like him tearing into the Gamorreans, just, yeah, I think that it should have been even more, though. Like, how he was... I mean, I guess we can go back to kind of, like, the same excuse that we have with Kylo Ren and The Force Awakens, where he should have just, like, obliterated Rey. But he had also just been shot in the gut by a bowcaster that otherwise was blowing people across the set. Um, because In terms of showing the violence, too, Josh... Like it, it, it's, it got as violent as Star Wars gets. Yeah. Well, I don't mean so. just that. I mean just, I think that. Um, oh, the plot armor on why he didn't rip through them. Yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. should have just been. That's why I'm saying it almost would have been better if they just hadn't have been there. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, Han constantly <laughs> uh, threatens to get Chewbacca to rip somebody's arms off. And we see that in a deleted so. scene for The Force Awakens. And then, we act, and then we actually see that implied action in Solo. So, but right. yeah. That's, tr- that's true. So, that's true. But, gonna... Yeah, she gets a, t- a cheap shot. So he's already been stabbed, like, what, three times with the, yep. the gaffy with stick? The gaffy and then he's yep. been He's been pounded by by it's Boba. Still in his back right now. Yeah, it's sticking out of his back the whole time here, and then yeah. he gets stabbed once, and they all circle around him, and then he gets electro chained, like uh, cuffed with his arm, and then he gets stabbed again, right up in the gut, and then he gets shot once, twice, three yeah. times, and then he gets hit. In the side with, I don't a welding torch. I don't know. I don't know what she's. Yeah, got. I don't know. Um, Vibro, yeah, I don't know. A hydro spanner, and then <laughs> she uh, and then okay, so and then he kind of starts throwing everybody off, and then Boba jumps up, rips the gaffy stick out of his back, and then plunges it into the back of his leg, and yeah. Boba gets thrown against the back to pot again. And then the Gamorians rush in. He tackles them down the stairs. And then he gets hit in the back with whatever sword or whatever they have. And right so here. there's the more mad claw. Then the more mad claw comes out. He literally takes a like big bite of ham out of there. Like there hasn't been a Christmas Eggs ham like this since uh since Queel on Star Wars, man. You like hear him like bite him hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
takes a chunk out, man. Like that. That's the, I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then then they all surround him, right? And then uh, Fennec shows up, trap door, and man, old boy here, he's uh, he's going in for the kill shot. It looks like. What was his name? I just mentioned his name earlier. The guy with the Skag, right? Yeah, something like that. Skid. Yeah. um, Doesn't doesn't uh, yeah Skag? It looks like he's just about to to blast him, doesn't it? Yeah, like the the hesitation though. Like, I don't think he was fully gonna shoot him. It was just make a move, and I will blast you in the face, maybe. You could say like, that, but in like every Star Wars thing, like look at the hesitation everybody has for everything. It has to be dramatic, you know. Like when Dooku's about to cut down Obi Wan, he's like raises it up and then raises his eyebrows and then pauses, like waiting for mm-hmm. Anakin to jump out. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of took this as because then Fennec kind of runs in. And Fennec, who's always like, kill him, kill him, kill him. This is her opportunity to kill somebody. But I almost, but I think she does it out of respect for Boba because she knows like Boba doesn't want to ever kill anybody. So she stops him and she puts a pin. But again, I will say this for the second time. I'm going to talk to my DM about getting that whole uh, knife in the back of my gun stack. Yeah, there you go, Mikey. You play any like D and D stuff ever? I mean, video games wise, or like tabletop? Like tabletop. Tabletop. No, it's it's been a really long time. I haven't had anyone to play with in ten years. I, I used to, you know, we used to play. Um, I had a buddy on my block who was a good dungeon master. I was a good DM. It was fun. Yeah, so I uh, I never played until what like two years ago now, T. Yeah, um, so the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, right before the pandemic started, we uh, got a got some friends together and stuff, and um, T met a guy that is a second generation uh, dungeon master, and we put together a Star Wars a Star Wars D and D thing. That's and awesome. It was perfect timing because then everything shut down and we were already like we had people from Oklahoma, California, and me and T here in Michigan. Yeah. Playing. Wow. So it was it was just like perfect timing. Um but yeah, so it's been Very pretty cool. sweet. I know you're into like video games and stuff, but I I've been meaning to ask you if you were into anything like that, because you could definitely join us sometime if you wanted to. What you guys play every week or is it like uh, we try to play every week? Friday, nine to whenever we get off. Oh man, <laughs> that's a big commitment, man. But I would, I would definitely love to come at least once or twice to check oh, it we, out. We can definitely, you can uh, make a character, hop in for a couple of games, and that's awesome. Yeah, so then we get a uh, a feast, a feast for a king. We see uh, another wart. It looks like probably um, the same one that just ate that bird and. I'm guessing that the spread is probably mostly from Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're promoting the promoting the menu. The Ronto yeah, the wrap. Salt. What you get at the hotel. 
<laughs> no, it's like literally where you can get lunch at Gal- at, in Batu. Like it's like the lunch menu. Oh man, just going to like Jabba's Palace, Boba's Palace, and uh, get the buffet. Yeah. Crazy. Four hundred dollar <laughs> lunch at Disney. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, he's sitting here and he's basically like, I don't know. It seems like. The Boba Fett of the past is always about accruing more wealth, more money, more, 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 right? And now he's kind of a minimalist, albeit he's living in a palace. He's like, there's no reason we need this much food. Like, it's enough food. Um, I feel like Fennec really is living it up here. I wouldn't be surprised if Fennec wasn't guarding because she's actually in some other, like, uh, probably, like, Bib's former quarters. And she's just loving it, just getting pampered up there by all the droids that's probably where everybody else was they were just waiting hand and foot on fennec who was sitting here with her feet up on the table yeah that's definitely what she was doing when fucking the giant wookie came flying through a window (laughs) so i will say that my favorite scene of the whole show is about to pop up yeah we get the twins coming back the twins all right, so what do you guys, what do you make of this, guys? What do you make of their quick turnaround? Uh, I hated it. I like the twins. I think they're really cool. Um, I am hoping that ultimately they weren't just a huge waste of time because I genuinely don't understand what they were doing in this if this is really how their characters are going to end. I'm optimistic that it's not. They're going to come back in some form. But I don't want them to necessarily come back and fight for Boba either. They shouldn't be like all of a sudden on his side here. Um, it's just like, hey, we're gonna kill you. Eh, we're not gonna kill you. We're leaving. Have fun. It, well, it's it's so sudden. Yeah. So war is bad for business. <laughs> but right. if Boba can take out the Pike, then they they gain business. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that's what they're playing at. Um, I just, I, I'll be a little disappointed. I don't that, think this that's is kind of it. I don't believe this is going to be the last time we see them. So they'll be back um, probably either the second to last episode. I'm hoping not the last one, but I think they'll be back and it's going to be probably in the middle of the war doing something did we confirm if this is a a standalone series like it's just a one season i don't think they've said one way or another yet they haven't okay right am i right mikey yeah they'll they wouldn't announce that they're gonna wait till the season finale and then whatever cliffhanger we get then they'll come out and release that information. Okay, it's it's probably not that well because well, like I know isn't it like Obi Wan and Ahsoka we already know are just one and done, like they've already kind of made that clear. I know Obi Wan. Obi Wan definitely. Ahsoka is up in the air. Okay, yeah. okay. Obi Wan is for sure. So I, I was I was under the impression this was for sure. It might not be though. Um, if it's not, and then they come back at the end, okay, because we could still have more with it. And if they haven't said anything yet, I have a feeling that it's not be a weird thing to just suddenly say it is right but i i I will still be disappointed if like these guys don't come back in some form because it's just again a very 
quick shift from something that last episode was one of the coolest things that they established. I was waiting to see how this relationship played out. And now it's like, yeah, we, we don't really <laughs> care. We're friends. See ya. Yeah, they're not done. They're not done. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and, 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 you know, they're cross-pollinating these characters across, like, uh, the Star Wars, Disney Plus universe, the Filoni-verse, whatever the hell Josh wants to call it today. Uh, um, <laughs> so, like, you know, like, these, these twins will pop up in uh, Mandalorian or Ahsoka or some other show that's going to come down the pipe, I'm sure. They're just expand, expanding the, the galaxy here. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. I just don't like them to not have a part to play in the story. You just introduce them for the sake of introducing them. Yeah. That will annoy me. I think it's the old, uh, it's the old, you know, like, I guess T said it, right? Like, especially in gangster movies and like The Godfather, like, let your enemies fight it out and weaken each other and then come in and finish off who's last yeah finish off who's left type of thing right that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what i thought but who knows yeah and it yeah. could go that way and i hope it does it's just me wondering if it actually will i i have lost a lot of my faith in that this show is going to turn out to be really incredible so for me i'm like it, it maybe it'll go somewhere or maybe they'll you know ride off on weird ass motorcycle things and that'll, you know, this could happen on this show at, at this point. I'll, shit, shit happens, you know? I won't even call those things motorcycles. They're just like, they're like they're mopeds. Vespas. They're Vespas. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vespas. They're Moss Vespas, yeah. guys. They're Moss, Moss Vespas. Vespas. <laughs> Moss Very Vespas. Good. Uh, good. That's what I was calling them before, before I, uh, before I saw that they were the mods. I was calling them the Moss Vespa techno teens. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that they're, they come in, I don't know, I'm trying to make sense of it, right? Because it seems like they probably were already established. They were already established there. Um, the mayor was already, uh, I don't even know if it was the mayor. I think, so what I, thinking about it now, I think that uh, the <clears throat> Twi'lek, the Twi'lek lady, right? She is kind of, she seems to be kind of a player there in town. And uh, she's kind of like sided with the huts, it seems, right? Like the 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 twins here, Jabba's cousins, have laid claim, and she's like, okay, his cousin, like, sure, I'll respect that. And then you've got the mayor over here, who his major domo, I've been saying from the start, he seems like there's more to him, seems underhanded. <clears throat> He's doing something. So now we find out like this whole time, probably the mayor has been working with the Pikes and we know the Pikes are an established thing. They've been here since at least five years ago with, uh, with the flashbacks. So for, so they must just not be, I don't know. That's why I'm thinking. So I'm thinking like it was kind of split once Boba came and killed Bib and disrupted everything. Um, so then you have the huts coming in and saying, like, like I said earlier, uh, Bib was kind of like an unofficial regent, just a spot holder for them or Rada. Um, and when Bib died, then you have like the Pikes like moving in, and maybe they maybe they just started moving in aggressively because we're going to see that they have even more history with Boba in the past. 
So the Pikes moving in this aggressively might be because Boba goes and kills the leader that we saw him talk to in this episode or kills a whole bunch more Pikes after they he figures that they killed all the Tuscans. But uh, yeah, so once again, uh, we, we see the twins here. They give a gift of a Rancor and we're given the gift of Danny Trejo and Star Wars. That was the true gift, by the way. Oh yeah, machete crossover. And mm. it's and uh, He's the perfect Rancor. Tra- He's literally the perfect Rancor trainer, though. <laughs> I like, wrote so I texted Josh Wednesday, what two o'clock? Yep. And was like, "Have you watched episode three? And he was like, "Yeah," or "Yep." And I'm like, "Fucking Danny Trejo." Yep. Yeah. And then <laughs> that uh, is it. <laughs> and our my buddy Brian messaged was messaging me while he was watching it today, and he was like, "Danny Trejo." And yeah, I think it's cool on a couple of different levels that Danny Trejo is here playing this part. Um. So yeah, they give him the gift of a rancor and I was kind of halfing expect it to be like a Trojan horse. And it still could be. But um, and then they're just like, yeah, sell the Wookiee back to the gladiators. Yeah. Which is another reference to the comics where he came from. And did you guys notice that he has a scar? Yes. Scar right there. I wanted to I wanted to bring that up this episode or uh, when we talked about him more. So I'll tell you where he got that from. And so we could be seeing him again, potentially. He got it from Obi-Wan Kenobi back before A New Hope. Um, he was hired by Jabba to go and collect water taxes, ironically, from some of the farmers. And uh, he ended up picking on Owen and Obi-Wan stepped in and gave a nice little scar for his troubles. Um, but yeah, so in the comics, it's established that like where that scar came from, he can hold his own against Obi-Wan a bit. It was, is that a shot of him right, with so Boba? Go back to the yes. first picture you showed us. So he and Boba have interacted before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Look at that okay. stance. Obi-Wan, the Captain Morgan stance? <laughs> yeah. That is a man who knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Mikey, you were saying, yeah, they've uh, they've interacted quite a bit in the comics. Um, they, were, they were hired by Darth Vader together. Um, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember, Mikey? I know Boba was hired to track down who blew up the Death Star. I, I think Black Chrysanthemum was tracked down, was was uh, in Afra. Wasn't he sent to, like, go after Afra? Yeah, so he went after Afra at some point. Um, Is that the Dr. Afra, Dr. Afra series or whatever? Okay. Yeah. And he actually ends up becoming, he's quite friendly with Afra for quite a while, but now I think they're right. the outs. Right, but at first I thought maybe vader because vader was testing after or something and he hired that's him, so. 
that's I think what it was. I think he was hired to test Afra or do something to Afra. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I re- I remember what, what I, it was. I remember what it was. Go ahead, T. From what I what I've heard, because I didn't read these comics, is that they actually worked together a lot up until Darth Vader uh, split them up. Okay. Okay. That, uh, was, that was 2017. I read that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it's after A New Hope, in between A New Hope and Empire. Vader's kind of been demoted because the Emperor uh, blames him for the Death Star. Vader was basically trying to get some coin um, to fund his own projects, and he used Afra and Kristanton to pull off a big heist, in short. Um, and he was trying to see if Afra would double cross him with the money. And so Kersane right. was there to kind of make sure. But then they actually ended up keeping some of the money for themselves. And that's how Afra and Kersane kind of start working together. But uh, right. yeah, he's got a lot of history. He's got a lot of history in the comics now. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, this could go a couple different ways, guys. First thing I thought was, well, that's a mistake letting this guy go because I know his history. But then... Like, maybe he has a, you know, come to Lucas moment because, like, that's kind of what happened to Boba, right? It's exactly what I laid out with Boba earlier. It's the first time, maybe it's the first time he's really been bested and spared. Um, and Boba's kind of collecting people like that. Not to mention, what do we, what's the, the, uh, the canon lore, well, the canon slash legends lore about Wookiees and saving their lives? What life debts? life debt so that was always a thing right so that chewbacca had a life debt to uh han solo could we see that come into play here that chrysanthemum now may have a life debt to boba boba fett good and could for sure maybe but if he's if he's a set one of those savage wookies he may not honor life debt the way that wookies do like he may have different rule sets you know Right, but maybe this is his way of like trying to reestablish himself as an honorable Wookiee if he's gonna, if we're gonna have this going across, you know, because you kind of get Fennec, Fennec when we're first introduced her, right? She's just we hear about how she was a ruthless assassin, and now we have her and she's she's quite tamed down. Boba Fett's always been ruthless, you know, no disintegrations, and now he's, you know. Doesn't mean yeah, want to kill like, anybody. Like we said last week, Star Wars is all about a certain point of view, right? Exactly. So, so yeah, then we got Mikey. You you mentioned galaxies earlier. I feel like we're getting some galaxies love here with creature handlers. Yeah, uh, cool class. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're told that uh, the Rancors really aren't as bad as they're made out to be, right? They're kind of the pit bulls of the Star Wars universe. They, uh... That's exactly what I was thinking when he was like, "The that's what their 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 strength they're known for, so that's what they're used for." And I'm like, "Oh, that's just a pitbull reference, man." And not only that, it's it's a commentary on Boba Fett, right? Yeah. Like that's what they're known for. They're bred to fight, but there's so much more, right? They can be Dude, caring. I, I love when he's like, "Yeah." Danny Trejo's like, and and there's uh, there's rumors that the witches on Dathomir rode them through the forest, 
that is legit <laughs> what happens in legends in like yes i don't know if it's uh courtship of princess leia that's it or, yeah dude they're legit fucking riding the rancors in the forest like in this book from 25 years ago and he just drops that in it's just money to like a you know star wars nerd like myself that knows what the fuck he's talking yeah. about it's awesome well was it last episode or the first one we talked about how they're slowly incorporating some legends a lot yep. of it yeah a lot of it but like I, every every new thing that we like mando we got a bunch of legends that came to and now with boba what this is number this is the second oh i don't know i feel like I don't have a list, but I feel like there's definitely uh, there's at least two. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, and then Boba's like, I want to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Is he literally gonna ride a Rancor and like oh, yes. run over Pikes? Oh, uh, so, I I fully awesome. expect that to happen. Yeah. yeah, I fully expect that's where this is going. That uh, you know, screw, because he's been all about like, uh, yeah, I don't need people to carry me around. I want respect. And now he's got to make a statement, right? And I think a huge statement would be like, sure, I'm not going to have car- people carry me into town. I'm going to ride into town on a freaking rancor. And I'm waiting. This is a way that this can be redeemed, I think. <laughs> if he just rides in, we see all these pikes, right? Uh, at the end of the episode, they they, they go to town. They have, uh, they have a chase scene with uh, the major domo um and we see all these pikes come into town i think that if we get a scene where boba rides in there's like an army of pikes they're waiting for an army and boba fett doesn't have an army i expect to see like kind of like in rebels where ezra makes all these friends along the way and then in the end they all come in together i think that's what is going to happen here we're going to have the the mods the techno kids we're going to have uh the gamorians uh Black Chris Stanton's probably going to come back and maybe he's not like sold out for life. He's not going to be his co-pilot in the slave one for the next 20 <laughs> years, but, uh, and you know, eventually like care for his children. But I think that maybe he's going to be like, you know, I I'm going to help you out. I'll save your life once. Now we're even. Um, but uh, then I, I fully, ex- I, I want to see him ride in and just tear pikes up with a rancor that'd be sweet what i kind of expect will happen this just seems like a trope that we would kind of play with is that boba is in this moment where he is about to die and then is saved by the rancor breaking out and like you know oh surprise the rancor's here and kills him Mm. type thing um that if we're gonna follow typical like tropes of these kinds of things that's what i'm expecting to see Yeah, I almost think that that's it's going to be that, but it's going to be Chrysanthemum. Boba's about to die. Ah, uh, yeah, you could do it either way. Yeah, you're right. Either way, you we we've set up two characters that you could do that with. Yeah, yeah, so, that would both be good for me. I think. Just so we're we're clear, Danny's coming back for at least one more episode because he's got to train him on how to ride that thing. Yeah, we need a montage, baby. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna be back. I don't. His character didn't seem like he would be like done. No. Then we need so. a we, we need a new mo, we need another montage just like the uh, Tuscan Raiders learning how to ride the speeder bikes. We're gonna get 
just, just like in Mandalorian when he's learning how to ride the uh, oh man the blurg. Um, oh, I thought you were going to talk about uh, uh, IG Eleven learning to walk again. Oh, that's true. That too. No, but Boba does drop when he's talking about the Rancor. He says he wants to learn to ride it. Um, yeah. He says, uh, you know, I've ridden beasts ten times this size. Which Chad, what's that a reference to? Oh, that's holiday special. Holiday special, right there, Hell man. Yeah. We know right. Favreau's got some love for the holiday special. Yeah, yeah he loves it. Yeah, so we we got the Mythosaur drop name drop in uh, in Mandalorian, and now we're getting Boba Fett like alluding to to it. That's what we really need. We need Boba Fett back on a Mythosaur by the end of the series. If this goes on for <laughs> like five seasons. Yeah. You know, you know what I really want to see by the end of the series, though. I want to see this new gang uh, pull out their little transformers things and hold them up to the screen, and you know, say things like pterodactyl, and then just full out transform into the Megazords. Yeah. That would be the ultimate thing for me. That's what I want to see by the end of this show. <laughs> we need. Uh, um, they kind of remind me more of like Captain Planet kind of stuff, though. I don't know. Which one is heart? <laughs> oh god <laughs> i was the last uh, true story i was the last one to the launch table one day in high school and they all turned and looked at me and said your heart i said what the hell do you mean but uh, then from then on at lunch everyone had to say their power and then at the end i was just heart, heart <laughs> the last, and then uh, the last guy stood up and was captain planet and uh yeah that became our like rallying thing but unfortunately <laughs> I was hard. So, listen, it, in, in, in Star Wars in general, right? Prequel trilogy, OT, even OT to an extent, but not as much because it's a different era. And sequel trilogy, we have these moments that show up that make us cringe. It's in, it's in Mando 2. I, I could probably point them out, right? Like, Star Wars is for kids first. You know, relatable families too and all that type of thing. So, my point is, if we had to have some type of cringe in an episode, like, let's pray that it's now past us. And, you know, the, the Jar Jar of the Jar Jar of the Book of Boba Fett is now past us. Yeah. Right? Even though these characters are still alive and they're still going to be in it. But like the Vespa scooter color race is kind of done. <laughs> I hope you so. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think here's my thing that I say. I feel this is a lot of Robert Rodriguez. Is that like that just seems like something that would have been in Spy Kids three or four? It seemed right. like Alita Battle Angel. And Robert Rodriguez, we say he's a great director. He's very 50 50. For every Spy Kids one and two, there's Spy Kids three and four. Right. For every Sin City one, there's Sin City two. Mm. That's just how he is so i fully expect the show when he, especially when he's behind it to be hit and miss the second episode for me was one of my favorite episodes of any star wars thing i loved the second episode not robert rodriguez um, oh and that robert was rodriguez directed was, that was directed by uh, yeah it wasn't him and so that's um, my that's my point but uh, she done she directed a couple episodes of the watcher series yeah she did watchmen she did a couple yeah, of watchmen Watch, sorry yeah um, which was fantastic. I love Watchmen. Yes, very um, good. And so I thought that she just knocked it out of the park. It was fantastic. And then we go back to uh, Robert Rodriguez, and he has some great moments. It has some of my favorite shots. Again, the <laughs> zoom out, and we see the place destroyed. Uh, when he's 
riding and we see the two sons. It's just a really cool looking shot. And then we also have these guys hit and miss. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Rob Rodriguez. So Heather, Heather sent me, uh, as soon as she watched this, just from memory, she saw the, when they, he flies past the protocol droid and she's like, that's gotta be shot for shot. And she sent me the yep. Goonies opening scene. And sure enough, it's like shot for shot. Rosalita, like, poor Rosalita. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, but man, I'll tell you what, going through and watching this uh, and screen grabbing all these, just like the little X, like I'll just go through it quick for you guys. It's so much better. Just if you go through with screen grabs, like the motion blur makes it look like they're going fast. <laughs> yeah, then, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's much better. Dude, I they, it looked like they were going really slow to me. I don't know. You, you are so looking for the most optimistic response to this. Yeah, so I think I, I think I what it is, that. it's just what Josh does. That's why I love him. Yeah, no, it's it's it is it is good. We need that counter. We got another R five in, in today's R5, world. Yeah, in, in today's world, we need we need more Josh Roach Star Wars fan. Yes, I, I was actually wondering if that was him. That's got to be him, right? You can't really make. I mean, it I He's hope in like so. One, you know, it looks like it could be like you can't really see where the burn char marks would be. But yeah, I was going through every single one of these. We got so so many little uh, cameos in this. I was hoping as I was going through, I was looking for Watto. I was like, "There's got to be a Watto." There's. Oh, be that would have been. I would have loved a Watto. I would have loved the Watto. You know what I didn't like about this scene? It first off, the pacing seemed really slow, but also just that he repeated the same gag like four times. Yeah, you know what it is? Hitting something that looks like something we're all familiar with. Rodriguez is a big Pink Panther fan. Now, have you ever watched like a Pink Panther chase scene? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, but I feel like even then they just do this once i don't know if they repeat it four times in a row yeah. that was kind of my issue it just it got it's funny once yeah but like it, i like i do in the podcast when i tell the same joke multiple times in a row it's not funnier by the fourth time <laughs> knock, knock who's there yeah <laughs> it, it's not it's not funnier the fourth time it's 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 stupid oh i got one for you guys you ready knock knock who's there who's there you know you know who? Avada Kedavra. There's a little <laughs> Harry Potter love for you. All right. Um, okay. Do you... <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's fucking he who must not be named not you know who. But yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. All right. I'll let that aside. <laughs> God damn it! What a stupid joke. <laughs> good, thing uh, I stay, good thing I'm staying up late for this bullshit. You're, you're like, man. Do you right, guys? Do you guys think that this is? Uh, um, Bill Dotrieve's water supply here that gets destroyed. I really hope so. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. He seems yeah. like the water. He has a monopoly on the market. Yeah, I think so. And then at the very uh, and yeah, I think it could have been so much better had Boba just like jumped up, seen him chasing around, just shot like one rocket. So 
Yeah, so literally. Does that guy have robust sideburns? Hold up. Yes, he does. I was actually going to bring <laughs> that up. What the fuck am I seeing? I was going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, he has shit. robo sideburns. They're now a thing. Like, man, image, <laughs> image, <laughs> image designers from galaxies can eat your heart out now because we've got robo sideburns. Oh, my god. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. Not a good look. <laughs> this so, whole yeah. guy... Wow, there's so much here now. This, this guy needs to, this guy needs to die first. <laughs> well, yeah. Good. Uh, ro- right, robo sideburns yeah, no, and some. Of, uh, yeah, just <laughs> a robo mustache. No robo mustache yet, but that's next. All right, but yeah, so yeah, this yeah. Oh my god, it's the guy with the torch hand, by the way. Uh, yeah, you can catch right when he whips out his little go-go gadget. Uh, torch hand, um, you can see he's he very plainly has techno- somebody designed hybrid. this and got paid great money for that. You know, we need robotic sideburns. Somebody said that, and someone said that. Well, is first of all, it's robotic sideburn, there's only one. Oh, is there? Okay, I, I don't oh. know. I oh, that's better. Yeah, because right. if you go back, it's only on the one side. Now, did you guys catch this uh, piece of art instead of a I pane did. of glass um, that, uh, you know, they run into? It is uh, just Ralph McQuarrie concept art for Return of the Jedi, just mm-hmm. without. And so I did it right here with uh, my magic eraser on my phone, just quickly took out Luke Skywalker. And that's just literally what it is that they bust through, which is kind of fourth wall breaking but also kind of cool um i enjoyed seeing that there i thought that was pretty awesome why, uh, why, why was someone like moving a big painting of java did they like did they miss him as he held up in reverence or is it just a historical document i'm just trying to figure out like no why. idea it was painted right before he passed away and then uh he never well, paid for it so so now they're getting to just throw it away Huts lived for over like 600 years. Um, so as far, I mean, Jabba could have been there for a long time. We know he's been there. He's well-established in the prequels. So, I mean, right. even if he was terrible to most people, if he was like a ruler there for decades, there's going to be some lore, some respect, some people that, you know, oh, well, at least the trains ran on time with Jabba the Hut ruling <laughs> things, you know? And so now you got, you know, just Tuscans taking crashing trains. The Pikes can't handle anything. The mayor can't handle anything. Boba comes in, just shoots down Bib. Everything's a mess. So they might might think fondly on the Java days. I, I so, did look. Go ahead. I did. I, I fully thought this guy was going to die right here. Which guy? The The one with the sideburns. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, well, and then he just like pops up. I'm like, oh well. And then we do get somebody the other day. Uh, it was on another podcast I listened to. I can't remember who it was. It might have been. It might have been Hawsey on Blue Harvest was asking where the uh, the rickshaw droid was, and we got a we got a nice little rickshaw moment here. But um, yeah, those are basically the highlights of the chase scene. There's some cool little things. Um. I think I think what it boils down to, guys, this wasn't shot in the volume. This was shot out 
on the state, like out uh, on their like uh, outside huge set that they build. Um, and I think it was all practical. And I think it was just, they probably would have been better if they just, you know, done it digitally. They probably could have made it look a lot faster like they did all the other speeders. But I don't know. I think sometimes they still press the practical things to to the detriment at times. I don't even know how yeah. practical it was, though. There was obvious CG moments throughout. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I just thought overall it was very, uh, I don't know, co childish, comedic in some ways. But repeating the same, it's like he only knows one joke, so he just like repeats it multiple times. I, it was it it didn't like ruin anything for me. I don't think I took it as hard as a lot of people did, but I thought it was really there was no tension in it at all for me, so, and there was no humor in it. So it just like existed for no real reason. Yeah. So this scene right here irritated the crap out of me. And no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. But literally, Boba comes down from his jetpack. That chase could have ended like 20 it's... minutes ago. Yeah. And I think it was he was just giving the kids a chance. Like, all right, yeah, go see if you can catch him. I got him this whole time anyway. Go do something. Go earn your keep again. Maybe. I think, I think it was really just just lame story writing where they're trying to make these characters seem cooler um i think it would have been a lot cooler to be seeing it from boba's angle of over top of boba as he's chasing him through the city that could have looked a lot cooler oh yeah um than what we got probably and... more expensive yeah oh definitely definitely but i, I mean if you made it like a three second shot <laughs> as opposed to uh <laughs> five minute chase yeah but you gotta you gotta get five minutes more of an episode <laughs> yeah there you go that's what we need oh i don't think they care about that like man they put out but, what's the shortest mandalorian episode like 26 minutes or something like 26 that. yeah, yeah. But the, shorter ones, the shorter ones are better i honestly i was hoping for this like grand jetpack usage and he just comes down from the sky yeah, yeah. Um, the oranges. Yeah, so I I mentioned, I think I mentioned this a while ago that, uh, you know, there's a lot of, th I, I was waiting for oranges to pop up in this. And instead we got the Melu run fruit from uh, Rebels. And, but they are, they're, they're pretty orange and they're, uh, he's covered in them now. And for going by the, the God, the rules of Godfather, and uh, death is in the air, and he's probably about to die. Which rank maybe, our food? Yeah, yeah. We know that Boba just told uh, Danny Trejo to uh, to feed feed his Raincore an entire um, uh, oh no, not yeah. goat. Oh, what are no. they called now? What's the big lizard things, Mikey? Oh, dude, I you catch me uh, off guard and, and exhausted. I don't Godzilla's, know. I believe. Godzilla's. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are they called, man? Um, I, I should know this. Why don't I know it? Yeah, you should. I'm disappointed in you. Komodo Give me... dragons. Dubak. <laughs> yeah, Dubak. The, the Dubak. He yeah. says to oh, feed wow. feed him a whole Dubak carcass. That's what he tells Trejo when he's leaving. 
But uh, yeah, so now he's going to get uh, the major domo. I think. I think that. Oh, man, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Do you think he's going to feed somebody to the rancor? I think someone's going to fall through the trap for the third time, and the third time's a charm with the rancor at the bottom of the pit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it could happen. I don't know if they're going to. I know you you think they're going to kill this guy next or whatever. He might die. I'm not sure they're just going to kill him though. And that's just me. I know you you've said this argument of they just killed all the sand people. You don't see the sand people's face. They don't speak English. We don't see a lot of like straight up slightly human, obviously human death in these things. And this guy is, you know, kind of a comic relief. Uh, I, I'll be surprised if they straight up like beat him to a rancor as his death. Maybe he'll get shot in the midst of some kind of battle thing. But I don't yeah. know if they directly have Boba kill him. He's a bit too. He's not like likable. He's not some a good guy, but he's no, not. Everybody like, hates him. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, for I'm me, not a big fan. <laughs> for me, I don't like straight up hate him. Like he seems like a interesting character to me. I can't just, like, stand him. Comic no, relief. Yeah, most people I, I know, it just they just uh, he just rubs people the wrong way for some reason. I mean, he seems like a person I wouldn't want to be with in real life, but as a character, I, I like to have those kinds of characters once in a while who's a really snarky person. Um, I feel that they, they've they let us... Uh, I don't think they're going to straight up kill him. We'll see. Maybe they, they will. I hope they do. Yeah, I yeah. hope he gets fed to the Rancor. I, I we'll think see, that yeah. they've set him up to be hated, so then it's like more comic relief and mostly just relief when he's dead right, right. but for me he's 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 not even like he's just someone's bitch like he's just an annoying yeah. bitch like that's really what he is i don't for me I, i'd rather see someone actually of substance get killed if this guy gets maybe the killed, mayor like maybe the mayor what himself. is that that doesn't matter to me it doesn't really impact anything he's probably honestly the person that you could get to become on your side for the right price and then take you to where you need to go so the mayor I kill him I'm going to be surprised if the mayor survives it through this series. Um, I think he's, he's got, he's got to go. He says, so the major domo here gets covered in the Melu run. Um, I believe foreshadowing his death here soon. Then we go to the star, the starport, and he says he's working with the pikes. So I've got a shot here. What you first see is a bunch of people in like dark <clears throat> on my television. When I was watching it earlier, it looked like they were all in black when they were walking out. So no joke. I thought that this was going to be like the entourage, kind of like the Emperor has the entourage, you know, all those other guys in Return of the Jedi. I thought it was going to be Kira's entourage. Um, but no, we see the Pikes come out, a whole bunch of them, and they look like they're more warrior level Pikes than like the guys that were on the train to me. Um, they just look more intimidating. But, uh, and then Scrag tips him off. But I wanted to point out, <clears throat> some people were asking me about what the actual connection is. Oh, of course, the screenshot I grabbed. So the, the blurry <laughs> shot right here <laughs> that's obscured is the pike, uh, one of the pikes. Um, mm -hmm. From uh, the Clone Wars Season 7, uh, where uh, on the uh, Siege of Mandalore, we see Darth Maul talking to three holograms and he's talking to the black sun Vigo, the leader of the Pikes and Dryden Voss from solo. So we have here the black sun, the Pike syndicate and the crimson dawn. 
and then they call this the shadow collective so he went basically did what boba fett fancied himself to do just went in took killed the leaders of all these syndicates became the leader and then merged them together for like a criminal empire um and as far as i can tell kira went to maul and it's been hinted at that she uh she's the reason that maul is stranded on malachor and rebels she outsmarts him and becomes the leader of the shadow collective and crimson dawn so i think that having the pikes show up here is opening the and i mean the pikes are something but they're a known entity to the huts especially so i don't think that the twins would be that afraid of the pikes to be like oh well we're done we're leaving we're leaving town i think that i think that we're going to see that uh there's there's more to it that that crimson dawn that the shadow collective as a whole is involved and so i'll ask you guys this theories theories for upcoming things um and a question that i've seen floating around there's been a, a there's been a rumor that Kira's getting her own series i've talked about having some cameos in this to set up series earlier uh in, in uh, earlier episodes talked about how uh you know boba fett came in he's got his show ahsoka came in she got her show um I'm I'm hearing that Kira's getting her own show, so I think this is how they introduce it. And have you guys seen the rumor that Han Solo, Harrison Ford, has shot stuff for Boba Fett? Yes, I have. It would be different to me if he actually came back to do. I mean, I get, at this point he comes back to pretty much anything, um, <laughs> but it would still be a little weird if he came back for this kind of thing, but maybe it could be cool. We'll see what happens. What I, I, well, I, I hope the CG is better on his face than it was on Luke in the end of Mando season two. I still didn't hate it as much as some people online, but uh, you know, it's a thing that could be improved and they're going to have to make him look younger. Um, so I'll have to go through that process. So in a way, I guess, you know, Harrison Ford could just come in and voice dub or whatever they have him do he doesn't have to he doesn't seem like a guy that would you know actually want to be cg'd over in any form but could be t mikey what do you guys think yeah i mean we talked about it in a previous excuse me in a previous episode i think if it's done with taste uh and they they pay Han Solo respect by how they're writing him into the situation, man. You know, um, from a Harrison perspective, like you know, like Chad said, he'll he'll come back if the money's there. That's really all he cares about today. Um, you bring Luke Skywalker back in this era, you bring Han Solo back. It makes total sense to me. It's Boba Fett, so you know. yeah. And we know, like, and we know that Kira has. In the comics, she actually had possession of Han Solo and Carbonite for a while. I forgot about that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. And the Huts were involved in that. And as as a uh, 
kind of uh yeah so the 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 huts were involved in that the black sun was involved in that boba fett was involved in that darth vader was involved in that and that's where a bunch of the huts died and that's why there's this huge power grab with the huts right now that they allude to on now darth vader comes in and slaughters most of the huts there was one hut that was secretly working with crimson dawn with kira um so kira's got her hands already all up in this um boba fett was there he actually ended up somehow like getting han out from under everybody so kira might have a personal axe to grind with boba fett as well and then and it has to do with han so if they i mean we could see that in a flashback and i think black chrysanthemum was involved in all that too so we've already got black chrysanthemum on the board we see a flashback with that happen um i don't know it'd be interesting so yeah um i don't know probably i'm gonna say that the odds of that are 40 percent. but yeah i i don't know how i feel about that um i don't know just i mean i love harrison ford just as much as the next guy but the whole making people look younger thing is just not up to par yet. I think it um, can be. I think it can be done well. I, I I'm not sure. Um, like I think the movie The Irishman is a is an example of it done really well. Um, that that whole movie I couldn't really tell that they had CG their faces in. Um, so I think it can be done, but yeah, like I mean. TM, I'm also like, uh, I'm kind of pessimistic that they could actually I mean, do it decent. Just like I wanted with Luke, if they're gonna do it, bring in some younger guy. Uh, I'm unfortunately I don't really know the guy's name who played Solo in the movie, but yeah, you could bring um, Alden in. I mean, you bring Alden in, and then you just uh, you deep fake um, Harrison on him. Yeah, we've seen they hired that deep fake yeah. guy, and there's been a convincing deep fake of Harrison over Alden for there's a youtube yeah. video where there's like a couple of key shots from solo where it's harrison faces on alden yeah it was pretty yeah. good it was pretty good yeah so, i don't know i just think we need to move on well, well the, issue, the issue t is you're playing in the era where these heroes yeah. are, are are at a a, cru- a crucial point of the you know within, yeah. within, within the ot not OT, and I fully understand that, right? Yeah, but I just I I I don't fully care for the whole de aging. Now again, I haven't seen the Irishman, so I can't speak for that. It's been done but, a lot better than it was done, and that's not even what they did. They did some really weird, like yeah, Luke was different, like the way that they did it. Yeah, it, it so, they used a different type of they 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 took a technology that had like how many photos of Mark Hamill? Yeah. Like, like, Ton. yeah. I don't right? know what they said in the thing. And then yeah. they, the artificial intelligence engine created it itself. That's completely different than doing a traditional deep fake to deep fake today. Yep. Like a deep fake today is like where you, you take one image, right? Where you think looks the most just like it of what you want. To of that frame. Yep. And you take that frame and then you bring that frame to life on the other person's face. And like that, I think works better because I saw the deep fake comparison to the AI Luke and the AI Luke still looks really, really ROTJ, but 
there was something was off. There was something off. It was the mouth. Yeah. It, it, it was an uncanny right valley there. thing. It was just something. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. did in that like behind the scenes when they were doing just a straight deep fake. I was like, that looks a lot better. Just clean that up. It, and that looked great. It, and it was cheaper too. Like it cost Lucasfilm like all this money to build this AI intelligence engine that's gonna like create the perfect. And then the deep fake was like literally ten percent of the cost of yeah. of uh, what he did to do the other one. But then they went out and hired the guy who did the deep fake that went around YouTube, and everybody said was much better. They hired. So maybe that. that's who we'll get, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I want to validate. They do Go ahead. do better. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I, I wanna, yeah, I want a valid reason for him to be back too. Um, it can, it could, they could pull it off. They've pulled off stuff really well so far with a lot of this. Well, the I, Crimson Dawn thing, Chad, like that, that was left open in Solo, and 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 the syndicates are directly involved with Crimson Dawn and Kira. Yeah, and for sure. There's the comic book stuff, right? Which is, uh, Josh is more to date than I am, and he's telling me like, Kira's all up in that shit, like right now, like at this point in the timeline. In the, with the syndicates yeah. so it kind of makes sense that you could bring them in very easily and wrap up the storyline from solo with crimson dawn and maul at the end that we never really got closure on you know with kira right so does so does crimson dawn still exist with kira at this because i just don't know yes okay so she took over from when maul died well when well she took over so in Rebels, Maul is stranded on Malachor, right? And Crimson Dawn is still a thing throughout that entire period. It's a thing. And yeah, we see right. the next yeah. time we see Crimson Dawn is with Kira at the helm. And Maul got trapped okay. on Malachor somehow. And he's not just handing over the reins to the Shadow Collective or anybody else. So I'm, I'm thinking that, that Kira tricked Maul, trapped Maul there on Malachor. And the next time we see Crimson Dawn uh, is in the comics and Kira is at the head of it. There's actually a comic series that just started called Crimson Rain that's all about Kira and Crimson Dawn, which I haven't read any of yet. But um, so, yeah, I think and that's that's like you said, like that's a way to bring Han Solo in, like his former love interest who's ha- just had custody or you know control or owned him for a while as a slab of carbonite and you know kind of had uh he kind of got distracted a little bit with helping save the galaxy and blow up the second death star but somebody mentions that because leia is aware that that happened and so if she's like yeah this kira chick he's like uh, who uh. so <laughs> right did what now with what and yeah but then the other end of it is like the basic end of it really is like han and chewie on a fucking com link like yo boba fett took over the palace on tatooine what right boba fett boba fett they gotta go go peep that you know yeah i got it he's got a score to settle (laughs) like like i thought we knocked his ass down in the sarlacc what the fuck yeah it'll be interesting oh man chewie versus karstanton it's well, round two, comics. round two, right? Yeah, round, round two. two. Round and I think Kersantin won last time. I'd be all for that. That'd be a sweet fight. Uh, yeah, I'm really okay with um, with him coming back as long as it's done well. Yeah. It just has right. to make sense. I don't want a cameo just for a cameo. 
Well, something's yeah. supposed to happen. I mean, Tem has Tem has said that episode seven is like earth shattering, colorful, huge Star Wars. Yeah, they've said a lot of things. Yeah. Everything everything in the trailers was in the first half of the first episode also. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I I'm I'm hoping. I mean I'm being optimistic. I and I mean like look like uh they've like these are the guys that have delivered though, right? Like yes, I know we talked about how they're they're a couple they're it's a couple more uh separate it's a little bit more separated from Fabro and Filoni. And I think it shows, right, that this show is set. It's it's not quite um, their focus. It's, they're they're like uh, like Bilbo says, um, too little butter spread over too much bread right now. But they right. did give us uh, Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian season two. For sure. Oh, I think they're good. I think even even Favreau though, like not every movie he's made is fantastic. No. Have you seen Iron Man two? Course. Yeah. Terrible. I, I mean, you know, so he's gonna write something. Isn't that the one great. with the Mandarin? Yes. Isn't that, isn't that the third one? Oh wait, no, that's the third one. You're right. No, no, the second, second one is second one was oh, with Michael AM with Michael Rourke. Rourke. Mickey, yeah, yeah Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh yeah. but yeah, electric whip guy. But whiplash. Well, I mean that's like Sin City too, right? But I mean you recover. But um I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Uh, right. So, what are your guys's? What are your? What do you guys rate this episode? Scale from one to ten. Chad, I'll start with you. Uh, so I rated the first episode a seven. I rated the second episode a nine, maybe a nine point five. It was one. Of, I loved the second episode. I was fully on board with it. Um, that said, I understand listeners at home. If you didn't enjoy the past stuff and learning about it, then no, you're not going to love that episode as much as I did. Uh, this episode, I rate a seven. I tie it with the first episode. The first episode was a, a little uh, less investing to me. This episode I was invested in, even if I didn't like what was happening. I still at least was invested enough to care about something, um, to have the feeling of not liking it. The first episode was so barren, I kind of didn't feel much of anything towards anything. So I give it that. It also has some of my favorite shots that we've seen in the series, like just from a visual aspect, which always bumps it ahead um has a really awesome fight that said it also has moments that were really dumb i feel like this show continues and i said this has the beginning it continues to set itself up as something that probably would be a better experience if it was binged than if it's watched week by week um the mandalorian is very much a like chapter by chapter thing and this says chapter yes but like in a book, when you're reading a book, not many people actually sit and read that entire book in one setting. You set it down and you can go back to it the next day once you're done with that chapter. That's Mandalorian for me. Um, you don't have to binge it. Works fine if you do. Works great if you don't. This one for me, I think you you almost are going to have to binge it to excuse things like this more. I can see it, once this is done, someone binges the whole thing, listens to me complaining, and is like, wow, this guy's a whiny-ass bitch. Yeah, you better believe I'm a whiny ass bitch. First off, I'll own that. But second off, like <laughs> this, I think that just comes across because I'm having to like hype myself up for a week after a great episode, and then I get something like this. So I'm gonna critique it even more. That said, I still give it a seven out of ten, which is, I mean, for all I bash it, I still love 
Star Wars, and I, and so I always am keener to it than a lot of things. Yeah, so seven out of ten for me. That was so long. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, <laughs> seven out of ten. All right, T. What do you think? Well, I definitely didn't like it as much as the last episode. Um, but uh, Danny Trejo, all that good stuff. <laughs> the fight scene. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it probably a, a seven point five. Mikey, mostly just Danny Trejo and the Boba wanting to ride that Rancorn. What do you what do you got for me, Mikey? Yeah, seven point five for me as well. The uh, the biker gang just killed it for me. It, it, you know, from from keeping this uh, score any higher. Um, love the, the 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 rest of it though. The Chrysanthemum fight, ripping him out of the back of the tank to uh, Rancor and Danny Trejo. Pikes coming down, I liked. Um, you know, Fennec saying that you know they're basically declaring war. I uh, like how it ended. Um, yeah, seven point five. All right, so I'm actually I'm lower than you, Mikey. I'm at a seven as well. All right. Um, but I was even lower than that when I when I initially watched it. But then going back through it and stuff, like I think a good way to look at this, like you said, Chad, this would benefit a lot from being binged. I think it will in the future benefit a lot from being binged. Um, and yeah, like the Mandalorian is very episodic. So it's kind of like your sitcom where you have like a problem and a resolution all in the same episode with more of a through line, like little things building. This is set up more like, you know, like the guy, like the Sopranos or something, or like, uh, like breaking bad. It's got, it's got like a through line. It's a slower build. It's an older style. And I think that's, we're not used to that right now. Um, but uh, I think that it's setting things up. It's kind of like if you were to take a new hope and you were to watch like the first segments, couple segments of a new hope and like 20 minute, 30 minute segments be like, all right. So this episode was just the droids wandering around Tatooine. Cool but it's set up it's building up to something right so yeah well, we, it, hope. we hope <laughs> oh it's it's building it's building towards something um and i i'm hoping that i said it last week that hopefully next week is the last week that we'll see like we'll see all the footage we've already seen man like i'm tired of uh I don't know. That's the one thing that's really disappointing me is I still haven't seen all the footage from the trailers. We still haven't seen the, the dinner and we still haven't seen him, uh, the finding the slave one or the slave one flying around. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he meant it's from the first half of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So like Chaplain. halfway through the next episode, we will, uh, have seen all that stuff, but I'm kind of doubting it personally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping that Boba gets a full back to tank. Oh, he can lay down in this one, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Chad, you've you've kind of already told us, pretty much already pitched where we can follow you. 
Yes. Uh, guys, you can follow me on Star Wars Lunch Special. Um, it's a podcast designed to be listened to during your lunch hour or really at any time of day. It doesn't have to be during lunch. I know some of you are unemployed. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but for real, it's just me giving my initial reaction and impressions that I write down after watching an episode. Uh, once in a while, I'll talk with other people. I had the geek end on a few weeks ago, one of my favorite YouTubers. Um, and uh, yeah, just you can follow it on anywhere you find podcasts. That's what I got. Half hour or less every time, usually less. All right. Mr. Michael Pappas. You can find me at Maximum Pappas on Twitter and the Pop Culture Hour Facebook group where I'm pretty active. Green tea. Uh, you can find me on the, the Talking Sith Pod page on Facebook. Or if you really want to just look at food, because that's all I post, you can add me to Facebook at Tigri. <laughs> and Mr. Bill Beck. At uh, Real Darth Pizza. And make oh. sure people go to Discovery Plus and watch uh, Ghost Hunters. I produced half the season, half the episodes this season. And uh, that's on Discovery Plus right now. The Discovery Plus app. All right. And I'm Josh Roach. This is the Talking Sith Pod. You can follow me and the podcast at Talking Sith Pod um, across all social media platforms, basically. Um, I think we're Talking Sith Podcast on Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, if you, type, if you type in Talking Sith Pod, you pop up. Let us know your thoughts, your ideas, um, how much uh, how much you hate my uh, diving into canon or Chad's. Good. <laughs> Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.